pays the authority to the part of his bill. I'm done. We follow up with the size of various pieces. Maybe we missed the first time around. This time around, we're watching what might be just the most unfunny. <laughs> Leslie Nielsen whoop, 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 movie I ever done seen next to Dracula Dead and Loving It, yeah. which is probably the most actually is the most unfunny <laughs> Leslie Nielsen. Movie. I could never bring myself to see that. Like, well, when that that movie came out, I was not had had only seen like Spaceballs up until that point, and Spaceballs was so mm. bad that like I was like, why do I want to watch? Was that after like Men in Tights too? <laughs> should we should we revisit <laughs> revisit Spaceballs for our episode two hundred, Bill? Yeah, you know that wouldn't be the worst idea. Yeah. Well, so what exactly? So we are uh, we even talked about this live on air yet? What we're thinking about doing with the podcast after after episode two hundred? No, um, I don't know if this is the time to talk about it, but we are only two episodes away from that. But yeah, we're thinking about mixing things up, not totally abandoning our original. A formula, no, but opening the door towards talking about stuff that we have seen, kind of like what, like Magical March, but like all the time. Yeah, a little bit, a little or bit, or yeah. at least every other week, something like or that. something yeah, like we'll, that. We'll yeah, see. Um, we'll see. We might be lazy and nothing ever changes. <laughs> just because there's been enough stuff where we've been like, oh man, we'd love to talk about it on the podcast, but uh, it, it yeah. doesn't fit the formula. And each of us, we've each talked about a hundred things we've never talked about before. Well, not really, because yeah. we have indulged for the in most some. part. But the, for the most part, we've actually no, because I, I mean, you and I have had split stuff where n- neither of us has seen it. Yeah. So well, that's true. That's even even when we're talking about stuff we've seen before. A lot of times, yeah, the other person. Yeah, that's a good point. But yeah, uh, but we'll, we'll, we'll figure that stuff out. But yeah, Spaceballs. <laughs> no, we're talking about Leslie Nielsen's. Was it 1956 science fiction classic film, Forbidden Planet? That the whole yeah. movie sounds like robot farts. Yeah, I just uh, finished uh, watching a documentary about it. Oh of, shit! I didn't know there was one out there. Kind full of luminaries like uh, John Carpenter and yeah, that makes sense. That, that guy who murdered a man with a helicopter. Oh um, really, John Landis? Yeah. <laughs> the and a bunch of people talking about how awesome this movie is. Hey Bill, this movie's not awesome. You know what? For its time, though. <laughs> Yeah, you for know its what? Time, I was like, I'm reading, sure some, it was. Uh, reading the is about about some of the making of stuff. Um, it's interesting. I didn't. Uh, th- this really doesn't cr- come across in the film itself to our modern eyes. But this is one of the few 1950s science fiction movies that wasn't like a B movie. This is like an A grade. They spent a lot of money on this movie. Yeah. But to our eyes, because everything looks so stupid, you, it's easy to get this confused with any other kind of like B science well, fiction movie from the '50s that would have been on Mystery Science Theater 3000. Not to say that automatically, automatically makes it good. No, but they but did spend also, time and energy on this movie. It's not for nothing. It's also real boring. <laughs> it is boring. I well, this is actually one of the things that's always been on my list, just because as a science fiction movie fan, I've always heard people jerk off about this movie. And especially, I know Joe Dante, who put Robbie the Robot in Gremlins, he's always been a big... I've pretty much heard the same thing that from exactly the people in the documentary that you're talking about. Everyone who made the films I grew up watching and loving, they jerked off all over Forbidden Planet. And every time I've ever seen a clip of this as a kid growing up, I was like, man, that looks boring as shit. But it was on sale on iTunes for five bucks, Wait, like two years ago, and I bought it. In anticipation of me talking about it on the podcast someday. So now, as we're getting closer to episode 200, I thought, well, this is a good time to scratch this off the list just because this has always been on my list. Yeah. And, yeah, even for 90 minutes, the story is super simple. Really, the story is they go to the planet, they find the dude, 
the dude says, I don't know what you're talking about. And then the monster attacks the ship and they say, fuck it, you know what we're talking about. And the guy says, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. And then they have to kill the monster and that's the end of the movie. Like, this could have been yeah. like a one hour long Twilight Zone episode. And even then it could have, would have still been kind of padded out. Um, yep. So yeah, stretched out to 90, actually it's more like an hour and 40 minutes. It gets a little... Yeah. Um, there's a lot of. I mean, half of that runtime is Leslie Nielsen and what's her face, Anne Francis, like making googie eyes at each other. Or the hey, cook. Also, also <laughs> this movie's creepy as fuck. Also, in a good way or bad way? Like, an intentional way? In the uh, way that the lady is treated in this movie. Well, welcome to 1956 <laughs> Space. I know, that, but that's. God, you can't, God, I can't. I, I don't want to justify no, it. No, but saying, it's you know, it's a different time. That's how ladies were treated. But at the like same even time, when they show up at it, Mad Scientist's house, out. they're all like, "Oh, housewives would love this place because everything's all automated." And it's like, "Oh yeah, thanks, 1950s." We <laughs> forgot for a moment this movie takes place in the 1950s. Or I, no, you can't. You cannot forget. Well, <laughs> if you're sleeping, I fell asleep three times during this movie. <laughs> yeah, I didn't sense. help that I sat down. I had a big meal right before the movie started. Sometimes when I eat a big meal, like, my power levels go down. And so I was mm. like, eh, comatose Saturday night. I've had a big meal. It's kind of nice and sunny outside and just kind of... It's a good sleeping atmosphere, especially with the music, the constant background and the music of this this movie's they sound like wasn't the Muppets from the the, the alien Muppets who are always like they're constantly talking throughout the whole film yeah um yeah so this is my pick um maybe not the best thing we've ever talked about but I actually do like like I said if, if you really kind of consider how much uh, time and money they spent on this movie it's actually pre- pretty well produced um and you don't care too much about Star Trek, do you? Nah. You could totally see, if you ever look at the original pilot for Star Trek before they had to redo it because the, was it CBS was the, the station that was showing, uh, was it CBS? I can't remember. But originally, the original pilot for uh, Star Trek looked a lot like this movie where everyone was wearing costumes that kind of like, kind of looked like this and the planet they go to looked a lot mm-hmm. like this and uh, eventually uh, this this studio made them refilm the pilot so everyone's wearing much brighter more garish colored uniforms like the Star Trek uniforms we all know and love today from the original series and yeah I, that, that was kind of one of the interesting things for me just as a Star Trek fan watching this and going oh yeah I can totally see how they kind of ripped off this movie or the original aesthetics for the Enterprise because even the inter- uh, inside of the Enterprise for that original pilot with the colors were all kind of muted and it looked more like the ship in this movie than it does the Enterprise in the finished series where everything's all like pools of pink lights and yellow handrails and all kinds of shit like that. But yeah, um, but yeah, it starts off. Um, it has a crazy. Well, it's, it, I love the title sequence because it's got like these great hand drawn titles where like it's all everything's all kind of bent on a curve and it says Forbidden Planet. It's it, it's almost a parody of <laughs> movies at the time. It's such. So it feels like it's a live it's action. Time. What's the Duck Dodgers <clears throat> in the 23rd and a half century cartoon? Because <laughs> yeah. even even the title font looks like it was just copied from that cartoon. Which actually, would that would have been produced right around this time? Was that the 1950s? Um, yeah, 50s or 60s. Because it's very. It definitely wasn't the 60s. Listen, Duck Dodgers. 
Uh, but yeah, there's, um... Was it narration? Wait, there's a TV series called Duck Dodgers? Oh, no, yeah, it's based... Uh, it was a 1953 cartoon, so just like three years before this. So it's definitely yeah, of the same... And it's, it's good to know that in the final decade of the 21st century, we land on the moon. <laughs> Thank goodness for that. Filmmakers kind of missed the mark on that one. They didn't, they didn't have much confidence in NASA or whatever was the equivalent of NASA at the time. Because the moon landing happened just like 15 years after this. So, Jesus <laughs> Christ. And then 2200 AD, uh, we get to the outer planets. Yeah. Cool. And then we get a hyperdrive, and we go and fuck up world, other worlds all over the fucking place. Cool. Yeah. And so I guess... Oh, inside of the ship is just... It's a sausage party. It is like 24 Ooh. horny dudes. <laughs> the horniest dudes. Well, even Leslie Nielsen later, like, is talking about how I've got a bunch of 24-year-old <laughs> horny guys without a woman. Now you have the sexy lady running around with no pants on. Like, oh, man. <laughs> Leslie, uh, and also again, Leslie Nielsen being the star of this movie kind of like makes it a really impossible to take any of it seriously because uh -huh. he doesn't have the white hair yet. But it's totally, yeah, it's 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 funny to think that the whole reason they hired Leslie Nielsen in the first place for the Naked Gun stuff and for the Police Squad stuff was because he was such a known serious actor like this. So through no mm. fault of his own, everything he'd ever done before uh, <laughs> Naked Gun and Police Squad. Now just you're expecting like O.J. Simpson to come running in and make a terrible joke, or yeah, no. I do not like in this movie because it's the '50s. Yeah, I do like the ship is like controlled by like there's a little model of the spaceship and like a giant like yeah that was neat sphere thing like orientation sphere whatever that was cool and I like uh, so they're traveling at light speed and I guess in order to come out of light speed they ha all have to Hold go up now. <laughs> Okay, I'll let you. Yeah, this is your job. So, uh, oh. it, he's Leslie Nielsen's playing a guy named Adams. Okay, I, yeah. I can't take him seriously. Everybody calls him Skipper, which makes me take him even less seriously. Yeah, other than main scientist and, guy and his daughter, the characters really don't have names. Like, cause it's Skipper, it's Chief, yeah. it's Cook, it's Doctor. Yeah. Yeah, and since they're dropping out of light speed, they stand in some green tubes and just. The worst sound they could get just <laughs> plays, and it just slams in your ears. And when you think it's at its worst, it hits another octave. Yeah, it just, it's it's terrible. Uh, well, it this fucks is, your shit up. Again, this is like it, it, it's it's hard for us to appreciate from our perspective, but like just even the fact that the soundtrack is one of the first movies to ever have like a purely electronic uh, soundtrack. Just the fact that like this like the tubes, uh, they're 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 faster than light stasis tubes were making kind of a weird sound that was groundbreaking. They didn't appreciate how terrible the sounds they were making for the movie were, but just the fact yeah. that it wasn't just somebody with like a like a slide whistle making all the special <laughs> effects or special sound effects for the movie it was like groundbreaking. But yeah, I mean, this is 22 years before Star Wars and Star Wars revolutionized how science fiction sound happened. And True. yeah, but I, you know, what? I do like like if it, it actually does seem like it'd be more scientifically accurate that like in order to I mean, grand fast and light travel is inherently non scientifically sound, but. Like, rather than the Star Trek model where you just hit a button and your ship just magically goes into fast and light speed it's so much that, like, no one on the ship even notices it. It, may, it mm -hmm. seems like it would make more sense that, like, if you're out on a spaceship traveling that fast and de decelerating that quickly, you might have to, like, put yourself in some kind of stasis field or something. So, like, essentially like a full-body energy uh, seatbelt <laughs> so you didn't get squished by the crazy forces of, like... Yeah, of, of decelerating so quickly and stuff, but I thought that was kind of mm -hmm. interesting. It's it's nothing to the plot, 
like this movie's so much just busy work, but it's just I kind of like it. It was it's stupid, but that's fine. Yeah. Um, then they stand around and remark that it's real warm, and it's probably because they're right next to a sun. <laughs> but but don't worry. One guy says out of nowhere. Meanwhile, this ship arranges its own eclipses. What? <laughs> yeah, there's some real just someone flipping through a science book, just like. What are some scientific terms we can just randomly throw around? Yeah, and like, because I guess that the planet they're flying to just happens to be eclipsing the star of this solar system. There's something, but it's just the most random. Let's just have Leslie, Leslie Nielsen just say a science thing. and Yeah. He loves talking at a microphone to his five guys. Yeah, and especially hey, his, I, like, <laughs> I like his little pocket microphone with like a little glass bubble that's like attached to his uh, uh to his utility belt with like a little piece it's of string. It's got the, the janitor zip thing. Exactly, exactly. Keys. Yeah, which I thought was kind of funny. Yeah. So here's the planet. It's Altair 4. Altair 4, 20, yeah. 20 years ago a ship of scientists landed there. The Bella, Bellefron? Bellefron? Yeah. This crew's job is to search for if there's any survivors there. It's been 20 years. Not exactly the highest priority to check up on these fools, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe they just got the message. It's like, you know, like, relativism has caused it, so, yeah, the message, or they really just did not give a fuck. They're like, well, they crashed. Well, it's been yeah. 15 years. Uh, maybe in five years, if they still haven't checked it, we'll send a search party out to see what's going on with those guys. Yeah. The, the, the beginning of this movie, Leslie Nielsen's whole character seems to exist, exist solely for exposition. Oh, really? I mean, well, that's the kind of mode of just, you know, science adventure movies back in the day was mostly. Just yep. Because the concepts in a movie like this were so alien to people that you needed a white guy to be like, <laughs> I'm going to spend five minutes explaining to this these basic concepts to anybody who would have grown up with Star Trek would grasp in a second. Like, yeah. these fucking steel workers and fucking... Uh, <laughs> what are all the terms that uh, Mr. Burns uses for Johnny Punch Clock and all those fucking mm. mouth breathers in Sector 5? Like, all those people who never grew up with science fiction, you know, they have, they have to be slowly coddled to understand all this stuff. So, they manage to get uh, some dude named Morbius on the radio. Yeah. And Adams tells him, Hey, we're there to relieve you. And he's like, Yo, yo, yo. Good to hear from you guys. Which you should probably just, you just turn okay. around and go home. And if you land, I am not responsible for what happens. Yeah. But Leslie Niels is like, Ah, go with some landing coordinates. And he's like... Uh, almost, almost well, does like fine. a deep relieved or uh, deeply like uh, resentful sigh of like, if you have to land. Yeah, and he's like, fine, land into this desert. I wash my hands of the whole thing. Why did you just direct and, him to land like, on the opposite side of the planet and then just never come out of or, his house? Or just be like, hey, it's dangerous as fuck here. If you land, you're gonna die. He's just like, hey, you should go home. I mean, really, that no, would don't been. land. Like, it's a complicated. Don't land, especially if these guys oh, are scientists. Okay, I guess you can land. Yeah, if these guys are scientists, it's a uh, scientist. I just woke up. If these guys are scientists <laughs> and explorers. You think you would at least say, "Hey, even if you don't want to leave, like, explain the situation," they would maybe they would have a hard time wrapping their heads around the situation. But you think they would understand? Or if you could say, like, "Don't bring the whole crew down. Bring like a couple guys down. Do something. Just don't bring because everyone, the, the whole everyone got killed by this creature." Yeah, it just come on, dude. But no. Well, you wouldn't have a movie at that point. But yeah. Okay. <laughs> so. Um, and woke up to my forbidden planet. 
Yeah, he's he's like you really shouldn't though, but Adam just turns off the radio because he's seriously he's, he's a man like, of action. Ex- yeah. <laughs> God, Leslie Nielsen's such a duck, fucking duck ass haircut dickhead in this movie too. He's so like <laughs> it is like the perfect example of like what like just like straight white ma- ma- straight white guy in the mid fifties. Hello there, I'm in charge just because mm-hmm. I'm slightly more competent than everyone else. Yeah. Slightly. Yeah. So Morbius is like, uh, no, never mind. That's my last line. Well, did they even uh, point out that like the brain machine points out that like he's actually stupider than the doctor is or something? Like the do- yeah. And like Morbius has to be like, you have to. Well, your leadership so, qualities and the loud voice are really what matters when you're a leader, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. So they land. Everybody gets off the stupid uh, ship. Flying saucer. Not. It is also yeah. just. It is interesting to see a science fiction movie where the humans are running around in a flying saucer. Just the novelty yeah. of that alone is actually kind of interesting. Yeah, so, and they 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 look around, and they're like, one guy's like, hey, look, dust! <laughs> Great, <laughs> thanks, fantastic, thanks, dude. Oh, I do like, so, right before they get off, too, Leslie Nielsen has to give this long-winded explanation about, like, it seems there's enough oxygen that we do not have to require our environmental suits. So yeah. at least the, they're scientifically conscious enough to, like, point out that like normally they would have to be in spacesuits but no it just happens to have an earth type atmosphere so everyone can come out and gawk at the green sky and the two moons and shit mm-hmm. and their model lands and, yep and they're you they watch some dust for a while and <laughs> little and tiny the, model dust mm-hmm, the, and they're like that driver must be a madman and but what driver it's a just a dumb, iconic, waddling robot, Robbie. It's a robot that can't sit down. Mm-hmm. Robot can, can never bend its knees. <laughs> and also, he, uh, for some reason, this robot has the ability, he doesn't travel fast, he can just make time happen faster. So he scoots, he does the fast forward and driving and stopping, which looks terrible, but hey, what are you going to do? It's 1956, but what do you think yeah. of Robbie the Robot? Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen him in much of anything else, or... Oh, I'm sure he's, he's been in all kinds of shit. He's iconic. But... Yeah. Well, the one bit of trivia I really found about this movie was, I guess this was the most expensive uh, movie prop slash costume ever made for a movie up until this point. Um, mm. And I guess this freaked out a lot of people because at the time, uh, aside from What's-Her-Face from Metropolis, the kind of Art Deco C-3PO-looking lady from uh, Metropolis... Pretty much all movie robots were pretty much just made out of cardboard boxes and plastic tubing, and this is the first time anyone actually really sat down to design like a pla- uh, like a, a robot costume for a movie from the ground up, and did their best to try to make it look like it's not just a guy in a suit, even though it's obviously just a guy in a suit. <laughs> but like it's tiny, tiny little flail arms, <laughs> I know, useless little arms. But the fact that like it's got this like transparent head filled with all this machinery, and it's got like. Even like the articulation of all the ball joints for the legs, like they had, they somebody had to spend a lot of time engineering that costume, even though it looks dumb as fuck to us today. Like it's actually pretty yeah. well put to cost, and like even like the neon tubing in the mouth and stuff, and just like it's actually pretty. It's I mean it is the quintessential 1950s movie robot. But yeah, and I mean it's got a lot of busy work, like the little doodads on inside the glass yeah it's pretty clever yeah and, stuff. and i guess this guy went on whoever designed this thing went on to build the robot from lost in space which kind of looks kind of similar to yeah but yeah kind of kind of so the robots yeah it's poor guy in another plastic suit like who could barely yep. walk shuffling around yeah yeah and he was like hi yo i talk like all the languages and my name is robbie yeah 
And Adam's response to that is like, he's like, hey, cool air you have here. And the robot's like, sure, I guess. <laughs> this is so... Okay, so and Robbie the robot... Then, hold on, because <laughs> I want to do this next slide, because the chef is like, is that thing male or female? How horny are these dudes? That's, well, again, 1950s, <laughs> you need to have this concept that robots I, don't necessarily I, have to have gender explained hey, to an can audience. I, can I fuck that robot? <laughs> Which actually is kind of like the whole tenor of everyone on that ship, though. Is kinda, Like, even the, even the captain is, like, when he's chastising uh, one of the guys who are trying to mack on sexy lady, he does it by saying, go away. You're not allowed to do that. Hey, lady, how you doing? <laughs> <laughs> but... My first experience with Robbie the Robot is he shows up. He uh, shows up in the background of one or two shots in Gremlins, and he's talking. Mm. And one of his quotes is, "I forget who he's talking to or what he's doing." But he says, uh, "I hardly use it. It promotes rust." And he's talking about that's taken from this movie when he's talking about how he never uses oxygen because it promotes uh. rust. And the other quote that the Robbie the Robot in Gremlins also says, he says something about, would 60 gallons be sufficient when he's talking about replicating all the booze for the for the cook later? Yeah. But, so when he said that in this movie, I was like, oh, I know that line from Gremlins! <laughs> but yeah, so, I mean, this is just, shut up, doll. So, <sighs> Robbie, after the guy's like, is that male or female? Robbie's like, I'm a robot, you pervert. What do I need and a then... penis for? And they eventually get in Robbie's car, and off they go. <laughs> this truck with like these yeah. titty windows, like these titty mm -hmm. bra windows, and everything like that is great. And he's like, "Hey, buckle up!" And they're like, "Thanks, mom." Yeah, and they scoot and off. Then, yep, they eventually get to this little lush area with trees and shit. Supposedly, supposedly, uh. this set was filmed on the same set where they filmed all the Munchkin uh, land stuff in the Wizard of Oz, mm. and supposedly some of these plants and rocks. In this dude's gardens are left over. Have a from dead munchkin, munchkin hanging from the tree. Uh, there's a just in the background, still there. They never cut him down. <laughs> He's mm. just hanging out, literally, figuratively. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh. um, they meet. <laughs> it's a, just a, <laughs> just a little decoration of his office. <laughs> in the they they meet oh. Morbius, who could be a villain because he's got all black and goatee. Boy. He's got the goatee. I mean, he's dressed like a Adventure Brothers villain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And he tells the crew. This word salad that I had to find the script of to <laughs> he get talks it like right. smart villain. He's just like, hello, you have found yourself well, says, besieged by the elements. Welcome says, to my abode. How ironic that a simple scholar with no ambition beyond a modest measure of seclusion should, out of a clear sky, find himself besieged by an army of fellow creatures, all grimly determined to be of service to him. You've been practicing this line for a while, huh, I mean, I buddy? guess he's had 20 years to think about what he would say to the next people like, he gets. I'm honestly... What am I going to say to the next humans that come here? <laughs> How, hey, what's up, guys? No, no, no. I... How ironic. Oh, yeah, I like the sound of <laughs> I'm honestly shocked one of Leslie Nielsen's crew members don't turn on to make kind of like like a weird gay gesture, like you know, some kind of like weird mocking the guy motion or something like that. Cause yeah, yeah. Um, did you know this was pointed out to me recently in Ghostbusters when when they're calling Peck? Oh, he's got no dick, and mm -hmm. he freaks out and they kick him out, and he's like. Bill Murray's like, oh, I'm gonna send him a fruit basket. That's supposed. Someone pointed out that's supposed to be like a concealed gay joke because fruit, fruit basket. I, he's going to jail, so he's now. 
I don't know, something like about that, but I was like, okay. Anyway, that's not okay. Right anyway, they have lunch. And <laughs> this, this old man is like, hey, yo, because this is a 1950s sci-fi movie, I'm going to explain how Robbie's able to make food, because fuck a shit, we got to waste time on that. Yeah, well, this is 30 years before the, uh, not the translator, what's what's the thing in, in, in Star Trek The Next Generation? The Replicator. Replicator. Yeah. Again, that, basic that, concepts that are all familiar to us, like, has to be laboriously yeah. explained to a 1950s audience by this dude. And then Morbius is like, hey, check out this piece of fruit. <laughs> and he throws it into the disintegrator array. <laughs> Which, that's pretty great. Like, yeah, it, I wish it, I had a disintegrator. Fuck taking the garbage out to the curb. Yeah, and he's like, hey, Robbie, go put your arm in that thing. And Robbie's like, okay, I'm a good boy. But he's yeah. like, no, I'm just fucking with you, Robbie. Don't put your arm in I there. I do like Leslie Nielsen and his guys are a little freaked out because they kind of stand up like they're going to rush to Robbie's defense, maybe. And, but, like, <laughs> they, no. They do that a lot with a lot of shit. Yeah. Well, that's it's like the fake stakes. They have to, like, oh, we're going to threaten something interesting is going to happen, but nope, it's not going to happen after all. And then, like, mm-hmm. it's always these crewmen reacting like, oh, something could happen, but nope. Nope. Better back and down. And then, uh, Yep, and it, he's like, yeah, that's Robbie. He's strong. He could rip this whole house down. Unrelated. Don't tell him to jerk you off. <laughs> Not that I tried. Good heavens, no. Uh, that's how actually the first couple of people on the, on the Bella, uh, Bella Fron ship died. Is they got bored and tried to use Robbie as a sex tool. Robbie just murdered them accidentally. Mm-hmm. God. So he shows them how Robbie could shoot by ordering him to shoot them, but he can't because he gets zapped. He specifically says, like, I dare you, Robbie, I command you to shoot Leslie Nielsen between the eyes. Then yeah. Robbie starts freaking out, and they're like, oh, it's only then that fucking Morbius says, oh, by the way, I programmed Robbie so he can't hurt me. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, <laughs> Jesus Christ. That'd be yeah. good information to have earlier. I, this guy is the king of giving information late, uh, like two hours late. later than you should have. <laughs> yeah, they would have been totally justified just murdering this guy right then and there, and that would have been the end of the movie. And they would have just gone home with Robbie the robot, and what have you known about uh, the hot girl and accidentally left her behind? <laughs> and, yeah. So Morbius made herself. Morbius made Robbie, who is apparently beyond any Earth science, and he's like, "Ah, you overestimate me and Robbie. Check this out, though." And then he waves his hand over something, and steel shutters come clanking down and pop up all over the and guy's the most, house. And like, most like stop motiony kind of crappy kind of <laughs> way, yeah. Yeah, because like <laughs> chunk, the, chunk. the guys jump up and grab their put their hands on their blasters. Yeah. Like what do you what do you what, gonna, what are you gonna shoot? You're gonna at? shoot the steel. Well, I guess I wonder. I, I guess the, the, the insinuation <laughs> is that Nielsen. they think they're being trapped, I guess. But Leslie yeah. Nielsen is like, oh, sorry. Some steel killed my parents. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, it, it's it's the 22nd century. Like, Who knows? I, I installed this before I realized how fucking safe this place is. It's, uh, but uh, nobody else here was safe, though. They all died. Well, I guess this <laughs> so, does bring up the subject. Of, oh, P.S. If this place is supposedly safe, how is it that everyone's dead? Yeah. And yeah. this is when he starts getting they, into the story, right? They died from some invisible mystery force. Which I'm not going to describe, and no one's going to ask me about until the end of the movie. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. And and, and Leslie Nielsen will conveniently forget this story. (laughs) The most important, like, why would that have... Jeez. And he's like, I don't think my wife and I were murdered by it because we love this planet so much. Which, again, raises more questions than it answers. Like, why would you... What? Like, what is this mysterious force <laughs> yeah. that rewards people who love yeah. the planet? 
He's like, me and my wife love this place, and one of the other guys is like, Hey, we don't have any records of you having a wife. And he's like, but I, we got married on the way. Don't worry. I, I have, have the certificate. certificate. <laughs> who, who the fuck cares? Does every spaceship just keep little supplies for marriage certificates on hand just in case people decide to pork and get married on the way? I don't know. <laughs> Plus, they're the, they're the last two people on the planet left alive, and he's like, oh, man, I'm just going to put this marriage certificate over here for safekeeping. Somebody may want to see it one day. I know, as if space law is going to care about... Anyone's going to care about whether or not you're legally married in the depths of space. Oh my god, fucking people. (laughs) 50s people are so fucking repressed. Jesus Christ. She died too. Not the same way, though. She got the space sniffles. She got the roast beefy weaves. (laughs) (laughs) So, and all of his crew members got torn limb from limb by some unseen beast. It never showed itself. But boy, I got nightmares about it. Who boy? But, But don't worry. We're still perfectly safe. From this invisible shadow monster that can destroy anyone as if they're made out of wet tissue paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But no time to talk more about that. Here comes his daughter. <laughs> Which that totally does erase any conversation about the monster or anything else going on, on the planet. It's now like, oh. She's like, hey, mom, dad. Oh, I forgot mom's dead. Dad, have you found my pants? <laughs> my name's Altia. I don't wear yep. pants. <laughs> she comes in like Patrick Swayze, all sexily. And she's like, yeah, she's hey. totally kind of like kind of. Well, you would know this better than I do, but like she doesn't walk. She like dance walks. She's kind of like what <laughs> putting one foot forward in front of the other. Uh, well, and, well, it's because it's the only way her ass cheeks won't fall out of these short exactly. ass they It is kind of funny to see her in some of the scenes of this try to bend over without her butt cheeks because like her her skirt is short enough. It's like right at the. T- bottom of her butt cheeks so she has to kind of like contort not to show not to flash the camera yeah and one of the guys is like do you do you ask her to dress like that and he's like oh no <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh he tried to make robbie the robot dress like that for the first year or two but he just the dress wouldn't stay on it just yeah yeah so um she shows up and Morbius is like, now you understand. I, uh, my daughter's only known me, so she might be a little weird. Yeah. And one of the other, one of the other guys is like, hey, we hope you understand. We've been on our ship and are horny as hell. And from where I'm standing, the view just looks like heaven. And he's like, dude, that's my kid. What do you do? Which is seriously, like, because I think she's, like, got, got her back turned to everybody, so it's kind of almost insinuating, like, they're staring at her ass. That's just like, oh, man. And, like, Morbius... And is, this movie's weird. Yes. And yeah. one of the other dudes is like, can I get you some coffee? She's like, it's it's my house. What are you doing? <laughs> I think she can't handle it. Can you give me my like, own coffee? <laughs> she's like, you don't need to help me. You're not Robbie. And he says, I wouldn't mind being Robbie in certain ways. That's only in certain ways, of course. And she responds with, That was probably very clever, but I don't seem to understand. Fucking roasted his ass. <laughs> <laughs> I laughed for like five minutes after she yeah, said she, that. For someone who's only grown she up burned with, his ass. Yeah, for someone who's only grown up with a Doctor Who villain for a dad, like he's actually pretty savvy <laughs> when it comes to some of this shit, yeah. Yeah, so that dude starts to tell her, he's like, Hey, the doctor, you can trust him during the daytime, but not at night. And that other guy, Adams, don't tell he's like, notorious oh, in like seven planets. Oh, I forgot about this, where he's like, hey, guess what? Everyone here is a rapist. Yeah, <laughs> Hang not out with me, me. though. 
Yeah. yeah. Hang out with me. I won't try to touch your giblets. <laughs> wink, <laughs> wink. Want, she turns and looks at what Leslie would do with Wilson. She's like, oh, you're right. I can see it now. And she's like, I'm <laughs> glad you don't have fire in your eyes. And he's like, yeah, meh. He's, yeah, he's very professional. Also an asshole. Oh, my God. That should so, be like, how does that not earn him an automatic fucking spot in the brig in the ship for the rest of this whole fucking adventure? I have no idea. Well, because Adams just shrugs his shoulder and says, boys will be boys. <laughs> just, Jesus Christ, 1950s. Calm the fuck down. Mm-hmm, oh. That's what I'm saying. So, um, her dad tells her, hey, you could visit Earth anytime. But she doesn't need to. She's got her dad, Robbie, and her friends. What friends, you ask? Well, she blows a dog whistle. And it's just some deers come running, space deers. I just love she's and wearing it, this necklace where, like, the stone just happens to be, like, a dog whistle for all animals. And, yep. yeah, all these animals, like, it turns into Snow White here for five minutes. Yeah. And then a fucking tiger. Which, yeah. Which make these fools pull their gun again. They're very <laughs> jumpy. And, uh, but don't worry. Yeah, she has to be all don't like, worry. no, it's your friends. Don't worry, it's not really there. You can tell when half of it phases out of the movie when because it, it got too close to the split screen. Exactly, when it gets really close to Altair or whatever, like, she, yeah, it starts to fade. Which, again, 1950s, not really looking for the seams and special effects like that, but now it's like, oh, okay, yeah. I like that you called her the name of the guy from Assassin's Creed. Altair! Oh, no, that's yeah. the name of the planet is Altair 4, too. Whatever her name is, yeah. I don't, sexy I, you know, lady, her, sexy daughter. Her name is like Alitaria or something. Yeah. I don't. I just call her the daughter because the that's daughter. A dumb I mean, name. that's that's the easiest way. I mean, aside from Morpheus, we just call him. No, it's Morpheus too, not even Morpheus. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Names aren't important in this movie. You got creepy fuck. <laughs> you got doctor. You got exactly. Leslie Nielsen. And you got the others. Everyone's named like a dwarf in the Snow White. Everyone's just so sleepy or poopy. Or... The ship, the ship calls to do a checkup, and they see the girl through the microphone and go. I they and actually wolf whistle. <laughs> yeah, oh classy God. fucks. Jesus Christ, dudes. So oh. they can't leave because the planet, because they got to see what Earth wants to do. What with all these horrible murders that happen. You think that like. If you're going gonna go on a mission like this, or even send anyone on a mission like this, do you not have a better communication setup? It's like in case the people you send out to recover people on a mission like this might have questions about what to do next, or at least give Leslie Nielsen uh, the the authority just to like make his own decisions without them having to be parked there on this, this essentially deserted planet for two weeks with a, an invisible monster stalking them. It's yeah. Yeah, so, um, and the old man, Morbius, complains because what if they bring him in for questioning about all these dead people? Yeah. That would take him away from his work for two years, whatever his work is. Hmm. And they think they can't leave right away because science words. So it is just, it, literally just, a, I guess, so it's a year-round trip. Uh, I guess, yeah. Uh, to, so yeah, I guess they really did just spend 18 years waiting for the, the, this critic trying to get in touch, and then only after 18 years they decided to send, or I guess 19 years mm -hmm. decided to send someone out, but, yep. yeah. And, um, old man will science words and get them going faster to leave, and hey, look at all those graves he dug for his old crew. That was a lot of work. He doesn't want to do it look again. Look there, on the top of Matt Painting Mountain, <laughs> there's a couple of hand-drawn graves that I dug with my own hands. That's the crew mm -hmm. of the Bella from. Yep, and they they get in their Robbie car and speed back to their dumb ship. 
And then later they're working on that dumb shit. And the daughter's just sitting there in the Robbie car watching in another sultry outfit. Dad, why? Why you let her go out like that? Yeah, still no I mean, pants. she's... Yes, she is her own independent woman, but why did you why did you tell her, hey, miniskirts, sweetie when, pie? When, when your daughter has to, like, rest her hand on her hip to keep her dress from riding up so high that, like, the egg of her waist isn't just naked and exposed to <laughs> 24 hot, naked, uh, angry men. Uh, it's just, yeah. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, Robbie's helping out. He's, uh, calling around, like, 10 tons of lead to help, uh, the crew. They're supposed to be building a communications device. That will yeah, let them something. get in touch with Earth, so they can get yeah receive orders to f to figure out what they should do next on the planet. Yeah. Yeah, and then the sleazy guy comes over, starts hitting on the daughter again, mm -hmm. and the they have fun. The crew does with a magnetic crane, and the chef having like some steel wool on his <laughs> belt or something. He's got ten pounds of steel wool hanging from his belt, <laughs> and Leslie Nelson points to the guy who's like in charge of this like magnetic fucking truck thing, and says, "Yeah, he kind of motions him to hit the button." And the magnetic, uh, tr electromagnetic truck thing, like, lifts up the cook and drags him away, and everyone's laughing. It's so funny. It's so funny. It is kind of the most this, outwardly jokey thing that happens in the whole movie. Yeah. This movie's hilarious. <sighs> so, the, the guy sneaks off with the daughter, the creepy guy, as Leslie Nielsen watches, but he's got work to do, no time for finger blasting. And then later, the chef sneaks off with Robbie the Robot. He's like, hey, uh, where on this planet can you find the stuff? You know, the good stuff. And I was like, are they talking about drugs? No, just booze. Why would you think a robot would know where the, all the booze, like, what? <laughs> I know it's this. Also, it's, it's been established. It's a part of the movie. I don't want to get too two people about left this. on this planet. <laughs> like, how much booze stores do you think is on this otherwise uninhabited planet? And Robbie the Robot's like, oh, you want the AMPM down at the corner. But yeah, the I, hell you? I don't know if Robbie has to explain again that he can replicate stuff, but like, uh, the, the, the cook pulls out like a bottle of, was it Kansas City whiskey? And it's only got one jolt left in it, but <laughs> Robbie takes it, dumps the, what's left of the booze into his chest and says, mm -hmm. I can replicate this booze for you with 60 you gallons. You 60 gallons? Yeah. Yeah. And the, and the chef is suddenly like, oh, boy, you're my best friend. Whenever we get mm -hmm. back to Earth, I'll take you to the proper whorehouse. Yeah. Yeah, well... Robot Robbie whorehouse! Drink. Robbie's like, yeah, 60 gallons. Just... Just suck on this hose. <laughs> Come on. Straight from the tap. That would've been amazing. <laughs> <laughs> this the movie dude. suddenly turns into Austin Powers. Yeah, creepy dude. Is being a super creep to the, talking to the daughter, being like, "Oh no, kissing! It's it's good for your health. Oh, this it's goes good on for stimulation. ten minutes. Oh my fucking god!" And then, after, after he kisses her, he, you know, fools her into kissing. She's like, "I don't, I don't know what's wrong with me. I got no fucking stimulation from that at all." Which again, Probably that's a pretty a, good accidental burn to this guy. <laughs> yep. And then Adam rolls up after they do it like three times, and yeah. the creep is, is like, "Oh, sorry," and runs off. Yeah, that's the. We got... even see that guy again. I mean, I know yeah. all these dudes are relatively interchangeable, but he never like is a pointed character again. Like, yeah. 
So, but since it's the 1950s, rather than that greasy fuck getting in trouble, Adam starts berating her for dressing in those clothes and getting his mental juiced up and yeah. and saying it would have served her right if, if he had if if he had you and ooh ooh. And because it's the 1950s, instead of her just punching him in the gut and just walking <laughs> away, her vagina squeaks open and starts starts gushing out about how attracted she is for being berated for just dressing like she always has in front yeah. of these bunch of fucking dipshits. Hey, Adams, go fuck yourself. Yes. Hey, hey, 1950s, you go fuck yourself to you fucking garbage, nice. garbage damn. decade. I'm actually kind of surprised at how well Anne Francis comes off of this movie because she actually does play a pretty good Spitfire even though her character is totally just... Oh, God, yeah, it's the 1950s. It's all over. Like, mm. MGM's Children's Matinee presents a trip in outer space to another galaxy, an incredible adventure to an unknown planet, Forbidden Planet. Welcome to the planet called Altair 4 where Morbius, the last member of a vanished civilization, takes you deep down into his planet's heart to see the miraculous marvels of a race of geniuses. Where a strange, invisible force threatens the lives of anyone who invades his domain. Welcome to the world of Morbius and his planet of mystery. Welcome to... Forbidden Planet, rated G. Wow, there's Bill Gates, Stephen Hawking, Paul McCartney, Michael Jordan, Michelle Kwan. They must be starting a new civilization on Mars with our best and brightest. Dad does. Name, please. Certainly. I am the uh, piano genius from the movie Shine. Uh-huh. And your name is? Uh... Shiny McShine? Actually, he's Homer Simpson. That's Bart. I'm Lisa. Lisa Simpson? Oh, you're the ship's proofreader. Welcome aboard. Now, before you enter, you're going to have to make a very difficult choice. You're only allowed to take one parent with you. Mom. Love you lots! Goodbye, Lisa. Remember me as I am. Filled with murderous rage. This is an ABC color presentation. So she goes home and bitches to her about her dad, saying, Ooh, I hate that Adams man. I never want to see him again. And I'd say good, but I know that they're going to end up together because it's the 1950s. Yeah, and because the way she's describing him, she's like obviously kind of turned on by him a little bit at the same time. And she's like, Oh, he was so erotic with his giant. I don't know, there was a stick in his pants. I don't know what that was about, but I kind of, th I, I thought about kissing it for a while, but I didn't. I decided to come and tell you about it, Dad. <laughs> and her dad's like, kiss? Well, time for me to go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of what happens. Like, I'm done. Like, we're the worst dad ever. Jesus Christ. Yeah. He's <laughs> oh, like, I, you know... <laughs> I, I, I let that tiger play with you when you were a kid, hoping it would eat you, but you guys just became friends. I, mean, I never wanted a kid. I've been trying to get rid of you forever, so this is the best thing that could happen. If if, if, he, if this fucking... If Leslie Nils can finally... If Frank Drebin can finally take you off my hands, and I get to live here by myself for the rest of my life, I will be utterly fucking happy. The movie was written by a sociopath. <laughs> Seriously. And so... 
Uh, the lady is so angry at Frank Drebin and his fucking dipshit crew, she's gonna show them off by commanding Robbie the robot to make her the sluttiest dress possible. Well, no, she calls Robbie, and then she's like, Hey, where you been? It took you like ten seconds to get <laughs> she here. She does say something like that. It's like, come on, got a magic robot living with you. What do you expect? <laughs> and she's like, I want you to make me a new dress. One that doesn't show off all my vagina bodies. Oh, that's right. It's the oh, I forgot. This is the opposite because, uh, because yeah. she did take what fucking uh, Captain Guy said to her to heart. Bet that she was showing off too much. Now she wants a dress that actually covers up all of her. That's right. Okay, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. But still, and, uh, it's kind of like she wants also to still be like the sexiest dress because she's like, I want it to look beautiful, and I want like all the. Th- oh, she wants like star sapphires, and Robbie the robot's yeah. like, it takes a week to make star sapphires, and he's like, I'm afraid <laughs> rubies and diamonds and gold will have to suffice and she's like okay and then she gets yeah. all super happy and she dances off the bed yeah it'll be ready by breakfast yeah and then uh at the ship <laughs> in the lo- night time i think to spend this whole night duplicating 60 gallons of whiskey in a very pretty dress yep. i want to see that cutscene. yeah <laughs> so at the ship guards are having small talk when one's dashy other he's like you hear that it sounds like breathing and some invisible force works its way through the ship, opening up stuff or whatever. It is kind Ish. of interesting, because, like, you don't realize it, because the camera's kind of panning in on the guys, and then it's only as the camera kind of, like, skulks past the dudes as they're saying they can hear breathing and starts going up the steps that you realize it's a first-person view from the monster, which is kind of yeah. interesting. It's also a clever way not to have to show the monster, because you're seeing through the monster's eyes. But yeah, it, it skulks up the, 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 the steps into the ship. And oh, you see it. You, I mean, you don't see it, but you see that it's invisible when it like opens up that. Uh, that that's the next shot. Is like there's a giant fucking. I guess the entryway into the into the crew's quarters is a giant fucking uh, cookie jar. <laughs> so he all pops open the yeah. cookie jar and like like twists some kind of thingy. And like one of the guy wakes up for a second, and but he doesn't like. I don't know. It just kind of cuts to the next morning. You don't really get to see what happens. Yeah. And they're like, sabotage! The ship was sabotaged! And Adams is really pissed about it, yelling and everything. But he doesn't seem to recall how the old man told him, hey, there was an invisible being that killed my entire crew. Yeah, because the one guy says, I didn't see anything, but I I was, I was, dreamed I thought I saw something. And he's like, I'll have less dreaming in this house. Which I guess also dreaming's <laughs> a thing later, because yeah. like the fucking, they talk about the monster being a dream and all kinds of Thoughts, yeah. thoughts transmuting into reality becomes a thing later. But yeah, and Frank Drebin's just a fucking dickhead. <laughs> yeah, and, um, this is, for, for all, as much as uh, Captain Frank Drebin guy berates Morbius for not putting the, the clues together at the end of the movie about the monster being his id, mm-hmm. Frank Drebin right here is like, yeah, literally like 12 hours ago, you had this guy telling you the invisible monster skulking, killing everybody. And like, there's yep. some... <laughs> fucking idiot and also i guess the yep. monster tore apart a part of the uh telephone thing they were building the et phone home device yeah which never really like, gets oh, brought up that's again. gonna now it's gonna take the breakfast to fix or yeah. you know you have this magic robot that can seems like it makes anything just yeah. have that thing do it but um but that's no, go, that's not a plot thing this whole radio thing is never like brought up no. again or anything so uh they go to check and see what Morbius, if he was, if he the one that maybe sabotage to go to his place. Oh yeah. But they leave the creepy guy behind, who seems mad about it. Because hey, if you did it to yourself, there, dick bag. Mm-hmm. And Robbie's waddling around with some flowers uh, when a monkey comes in and tries to take some fruit. 
but Robbie zaps it and runs away. Yeah. Cool scene. Just because things need to ha- again, just filler in this movie. This movie's got like half an hour worth of plot stuffed into 90 minutes. It's just like, yeah. And then the uh, dudes get there, and the, but they can't see Morbius because he's locked in his room. It's it's jacking time, and nobody's allowed <laughs> to go in there when he's working it. You just hear lustful pounding and the squeaking of a sex hall being abused. Mm-hmm. No time for that, though. Adams has to go watch the daughter swim naked. Only she's not naked at all. You could clearly see the flesh-colored dress that she's wearing when she climbs out of the water. Yeah, although I do like the moment when he's like, well, she's like, why don't you come in and swim with me? And he's like, I can't. I don't have a bathing suit. And she's like, what's a bathing suit? And he goes like, oh, mama. Or something like that. That, that was kind of funny. Because here you have this sexy lady who already has a hard enough time wearing clothes to begin with now is supposedly swimming nude. Uh, yeah. but yeah. Oh, he says ho-ho murder. <laughs> but Ho-ho yeah. murder? Yeah. Uh, that's, what? According to the subtitles, the iTunes version that I'm watching as we're talking, he says ho-ho murder. <laughs> Which, that's, I don't know. Uh, Weird. Yeah. So, she's like, let's see. I, God, without this romance subplot, this movie would be 20 minutes long. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. She goes behind a bush and puts on her new dress, and she shows off. Nobody can see her ankles anymore. That'll learn them. Yeah. Oh, God. This and she's crap. like, hey, why don't you like me? He, you don't kiss me like everybody else does. And he's like, what the fuck? <laughs> the hell? What the- he's like, didn't your dad teach you anything? And she's like, oh yeah, I got all the book smarts. Not much street smarts, though. And then he kisses her. Yeah. For a while. This movie's gross. It does that kind of like 1950s kiss where they're just mashing faces together. It's not actually mm-hmm. a kiss. No wonder she's confused by the whole kissing thing. Because they're doing fake 1950s kisses. Yeah. Like, at least if this were, like, you know, actual open mouth kisses, there might be a little more. Like, yeah, it's all very doofy. And then the tiger shows up, and she's like, Hello, friend! And it says, Rawr! And it jumps at them. And the old captain asshole just blasts it out of the sky with his gun. Well, and then she kind of seems to be kind of nonplussed by the situation. He's just fried her supposed friend, and she's like, Oh, now that I'm horny, I don't care about these animals anymore. Well, she's actually like, oh, he was going to kill me. I'm like, how do you know this? Well, and also, this is something that's never brought up again, too. I guess, well, I guess you continue because no, the animals are all actual... Yeah, they're just animals. I, I, I was going to say, his if... His id if, shouldn't affect anything. If they were projections of the id thing, that would be the dad trying to interrupt. But yeah, no, there's no reason why... Yeah. Because you just needed something to happen. You needed to kill time. I mean, there's no reason why she needs animal friends to begin with, but, like, the fact that they're turning against her, too, is just nothing. So, Especially since it's just two deers and a tiger. Yeah. (laughs) Not a lot of friends. Well, there's not not exactly a whole forest for them to be running around. There's a garden with two trees and a lake. It's not like it's a big biome that can support a whole bunch of animals. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Adam goes back inside... And the old man's still jerking it, but they just walk into his study, no yeah, problem. They just go like door the, just opens. I think he goes to not like knock on the door, and yeah, it just automatically slides open, and he's got this shitty yep. little like fucking den. No one's in there, just some hieroglyphics, which is I guess what you call what writing that you don't understand exactly, in the future. Yeah. He's got some TV guides and a and a fucking But these guys are so dumb it could have just been <laughs> the regular ass alphabet and they'd be like, What hieroglyphics? <laughs> what is this? I don't know. It's just writing in cursive. <laughs> and it's and it, like they're like, we don't understand. Is this yeah? 
This is Agent Green. To be fair, that's how I feel about Curse of Well, Sith that's what I'm saying. It's, that they're... shit's dying so quickly by the end of the 21st century that they will be reacting to yeah. Curse of, like, yeah, that that's, yeah. So then Morbius shows up through a secret door and is like, fucking assholes in here robbing me, what are you doing? And they like, hey, our shit got sabotaged. And he's like, ah, the time has come for clarification. Which probably would have been good at the start of the visit, but <laughs> you know, is, whatever. Seriously, this is what they should have been doing yesterday. And the next 20 minutes of is of this movie is just him giving them a guided tour of the guts of the Forbidden Planet. Mm -hmm. He's like, Krell used to live here. They were super awesome. They even went to Earth to get some samples of the life there. And one of the 1950s guys gotta say, I see, that explains the tiger and deer. Yeah. Thank you. Glad you sussed that out for us. Again, 1950, you have to have this explained to the audience. And I, Morbius, <laughs> Morbius should have just been like, the aliens, they knew to pick up some time killer, some filler for this film, and brought it <laughs> back here so we could wrap random animals for the kitties to be entertained by. Yep, and yeah. two whole deer and one tiger survived all this time. It was a time. very tiny ship. It wasn't Noah's yeah. Ark. It was tiny Noah's Ark, yeah. And, but then all the Krell died a single night 200,000 years ago, and all evidence of them is gone except for these archways here. And apparently this music pill. Isn't this great music? <laughs> apparently yeah. the Krell listened to the shrieking sounds of death. Also, the Krell, I guess, were just giant upside-down shaped monsters. Hence that, because he says, like, the only... The only, uh... Uh, clues we have to their physiology is the shape of these yeah. doors, just like how our doors are shaped kind of like us. I, I guess? Whatever! He just says something to that thing, yeah. yeah. He, he can't come out and say, hey, we're too cheap, we couldn't actually build a Krell uh, puppet or anything yeah. like that, yeah. Yeah, but uh, actually, the, the it's weird because the, the song that he plays when he puts the little music pill inside the thing is Billy Bob singing I Ain't Gay. <laughs> So he goes <laughs> and, sh and sh <laughs> shows them some of the other shit. <laughs> Krell, Krell metal. Hey, try shooting it with your gun. Oh, like, yeah. Okay, we're big and dumb. We'll just shoot it. It could have reflected back and killed them. They don't know. <laughs> Especially with this guy's penchants for not explaining what the results are going to be after they after he asks them to do something stupid. Yeah, yeah. They sh he's like, shoot that with your gun. And then they shoot it, bounce back, and murders one of them. And he's like, I should explain. <laughs> well, I should have said something, but... <laughs> Yeah. So they go to a... It, it doesn't even get warm. It's amazing metal. So they go to another door, and he enters a Konami code on a big joystick. Yeah. And they enter a science room. It's All this just... knowledge. And this old man only wants it for himself. Cool. And he, then he uses... He uses some sort of kid toy thing, <laughs> it's, and it, it, t it tells him he's basically a low-grade moron. Yeah. Cool. It's like the plastic... They call it, like, the plastic brainomulator or something like that. <laughs> it's some kind of thing you stick to your head. That Yeah, it's mm -hmm. just... It's just... Yeah, he's... Mm. And d does he invite the other guys to, like, sit in it, too, or something? Yeah. First, he makes a, a little statue, living statue of his daughter, and he's like, she's always in her mind. <laughs> again, these guys, again, having to explain basic concepts like a hologram. To, mm -hmm. to a 1950s audience. Like, Frank Drebin and his other dude, his, like, chief of staff or whatever, are like, Oh my god, it's your daughter! She's stuck in this machine! And he's like, no, I'm just thinking of a picture of her, so she just appears in the thing. This is part of the Krell technologies. They can make thoughts actually <laughs> yeah, happen in real life. And then he's like, hey, you guys sit here, see how smart you are. They're real dumb. Yeah, because he's all like, like okay. wow, it says I'm dumb, but I have an IQ of 145. Yeah. Well, the best part, I love this guy, like, he sets the situation up, but like, okay, 
Look, see, I'll, I'm gonna turn this thought machine on. It's gonna measure how smart I am. And this thing's gonna go halfway up the ceiling. You guys get it. I wanna see how smart you guys are. And then, they, yeah, they get it, and their shit, it barely goes off the floor. And they're like, he's like, ah, you fucking idiots. <laughs> you you know who, who knows what their IQ number is? Assholes. That's... Those are the people who know who the, what their IQ Although, number is. Although, to be fair, if you're part of a, like, a military organization who, like, your entire existence has been quantified and measured, you would probably have an idea of what your IQ If you're a normal human being Maybe. who's not part of the military, where your intelligence is not, like, a major issue as to whether or not you get to, get to go into space or not, that's when you're like, I have no idea. I don't think I've ever taken an IQ test. Thank Christ. No. But yeah. Um, no, I've, I've probably I've taken more which character in this show <laughs> I, are you tests than I've taken IQ. Tests. I know which Harry Potter uh, fucking school I should be in, but yeah, yeah. Not, not my IQ. I don't even know my blood type. So six. Yeah. So he, they're like, hey, I want to make a statue of your daughter, but naked, and he's like, no, 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 you can't do that. <laughs> Because you, that'll kill you. I love the it idea almost... of Frank Drebin getting into the computer and the first thing he projects is himself just murdering Morbius and having sex with his daughter. And his, <laughs> his chief, his second-in-commander is just sitting there watching this going, oh, shit. Yeah. yeah. And, um, it, they can't do that because it'll kill them. The first time Morbius almost used it, it almost killed him. But he came back twice as smart when he did it. Yeah. And it did kill some other guy that used it. Mm -hmm. So they, they explain silent shit that nobody cares about. And where all the power is coming from and all that. But what does this have to do with anything no. about the, the ship being sabotaged? There's That's why they came there. There's a ten minute explanation of Morbius goes over this wall of gauges and he says, This is ten times ten times ten times ten. There's power here. Literally infinite power. And it just, mm -hmm. it just takes for fucking ever. Again, concepts that you would not have to explain to a modern audience. Just And even then... Even for a 1950s audience, this is not a very explained very well because it's just word no. salad. It's just yep. yeah, it doesn't actually really mean anything that he's saying. Nope. So, but I'm sure 1950 crowds were loving the hell out of it. Yeah. They were probably standing up and cheering. Sorry. This what blows my mind when people like watch something like Star Trek or even like Doctor Who. Like these older people who grew up with like Forbidden Planet. They're like Forbidden Planet is real science fiction. Doctor Who's just fantasy kitty bullshit. Like, no, go back and watch Forbidden Planet. That's some goofy-ass kitty bullshit, at least as much as yeah. Doctor Who. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, at the ship, back at the ship, they put up a fence that zaps, like, if you throw a stick at it, it'll zap it. Yeah. It'll Especially an electric it. fence, yeah. Yep. But invisible. And, uh, then the chef runs off because they turn it off to go get his booze, his sweet, sweet booze. <laughs> He goes up to, like, whoever's in charge. It's not Frank Drebin, I think it's a second of commander still with uh, Morbius. But, like, uh, yeah, he he does go up to, like, whoever's in charge, and he's like, doesn't he say, like, I, he's like, I like I think I left my wallet or something out uh, beyond the perimeter. He says I gotta go suck that robot's dick. <laughs> or something like that. And I do love the second of command is like, I don't know what the fuck you're lying about, but just make sure you get here back here before Frank Drebin does, because he'll have both of our asses. If Yeah, just do your thing, get back here. Mm-hmm, and Robbie's made 60 gallons of booze, but all in bottles. Not in a, con <laughs> a convenience storage or anything, just free-floating bottles. And it doesn't quite make sense, because he didn't ingest the bottle in the label, so he should have just... He, you think he would have just replicated the, the, the booze and not just the bottles, but... I yeah, do. And <laughs> I was watching that. I started laughing, thinking about like, man, that must have been a good party for the props crew. Whenever they finished the scene, because someone had to go out and buy like 400 bottles of whiskey. <laughs> and yeah. Like, I wonder what happened to all that booze after that shot was done. 
Well, it's it. Since it was the 1950s, one person drank it all in I an know, evening. I they, they fucking, like, the, oh, God. Uh, although I do love the idea that all the rest of the movie after that scene should have been, like, like you suddenly start seeing a lot more continuity errors, shakier cameras, <laughs> yeah. everyone's forgetting their lines a lot more. Yeah. Although, mm-hmm. we also, before this, we did skip over, from a special, uh, special effects perspective, it's one of the most classic scenes I always heard people talking about this, is when Morbius is showing... Frank Drebin and his second command, like, the innards of the Forbidden Planet. They go down an elevator and get to see how, like, the guts of the planet, there's all this crazy machinery oh, and stuff. Yeah. That does look pretty cool. But, yeah, like, it it's, doesn't like, look like... a. it doesn't look like your typical matte painting, like, most of Yeah, stuff even though it is matte painting village, but it's still... Yeah. It's pretty impressive just your scale, scale of that stuff. But anyway, but, yeah, the ship stuff is happening, and, yeah. Yep. And, uh, well, the chef gets his booze. It's funny because he's a raging alcoholic. Yeah. And he, he tells Robbie if he ever needs a good looping, just let him know. Which is more double entendre than we needed. <laughs> and then a fence makes some cartoon zapping, and then nothing. And then that's some that decent special effects of an invisible monster stomping around, making uh, tracks in the ground. Oh, that yeah! No, nobody seems to notice. Yeah, seriously, and it's also... One of the interesting things about the soundtrack, too, is, you know, it's all got the, you know, monster fart orgy sex sounds. And it's mm-hmm. kind of insinuates, too, when the monster is closer to the camera or when you're seeing, like, the monster invisible on the screen and something like this. Like, it's insinuating, like, the monster is actually part of the thing making those sounds on the soundtrack. Yeah, Which I thought I was don't kind know. of, I mean, it doesn't make sense because, like, it wouldn't be making electric robot fart sounds. But, like, I thought that was kind of an interesting insinuation that it's not just like background music but it's actually like an organic thing like that you know is part of the the story yeah and i do like yeah the special effects of of its feet walking through the dirt and like going up the steps and like the steps getting all deformed from its weight i thought was pretty interesting yeah Yeah. that was all pretty well done especially for the time it only gets in because they had to shut down that one part of the fence for the chef right no, it, it, it zaps and zaps and zaps and just kind of pushes its way oh, through, okay, I think. Okay, yeah, it, okay. At least that's the implication I got from okay. it. And then some guy screams, and they're like, uh-oh. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. And <laughs> the then, um, man. Mm-hmm. So, uh, and Morbius's place, he's bitching that humans aren't ready for all this science. Only he is. Not Dempo for him. Only I'm for smart. him, though. The Krell made me super smart. You guys are too stupid to understand. Oh, and he's talking about how, well, oh yeah, Frank Drebin and his second in command, they're talking about how they need to disseminate this information from the Krell back to the humankind, because this could rapidly, this could, be, this is this, you know, this is the discovery of all time for humanity. And, but yeah, Morbius is all like, I'm the only person smart enough, I should be the one who gets to decide, I should be the one who decides how this information is going to be parsed out to humanity, because this may be too much for humanity to take all in one big lump. And yep. so, yeah, they're having an argument. Uh, fucking sexy lady. She's off in the corner wearing it's again barely their dress. She's not contributing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, yep. Frank Drebin gets the news that shit's gone down. Mm-hmm. Adam and the doctor, who was the other guy from his crew there, yeah. get a call that the chief's body's all over the pl- control room. <laughs> and That's a great description. Not just dead, but like yeah. Yeah, and Adam's like to shreds. You say, oh my. And then the old man says, it started again. Oh, no. Which... The later... If yes. only it said that loud enough for Frank Drebin to hear that as they're walking out. And he's like, wait, what? Again? Wait, what? 
And he's like, I told you about this twice already, that there's an invisible Motherfucker, creature put that tears people limb from limb. Put the fucking clues together, you fucking idiot. <laughs> so, fucking moron. Later on the ship, they look at a big plaster casting of a foot that is big and it's impossible that yes. a creature with that big of feet got onto this human-sized doorway with the big old footsies. The second in command, he's, yeah, I guess he's taking a cast of the footprints left by the invisible monster. And from those casts, he has somehow sculpted this super fanciful, like, griffin, like, griffin foot. It's got, like, this giant claw, and it doesn't match at all the footprints that we saw earlier. No. And also, again, we, later on in the film, we see that, like, how big this monster is. If that's actually the size of its, even part of its foot, combined with the fact that we do see later that it's half-sized, how did that fucking thing ever, ever manage to squeeze its way into the ship, much less, mm-hmm. like, sneak around the crew's and- quarters... Without anyone waking up to discover it or anything like that. It's yeah. ridiculous, yeah. In the documentary, they show some concept art, which was like a, a kind of a, a two-legged red creature that's, like, body was just uh, Morbius's face, basically. Oh, really? That's And you think about, like, it, I, I feel like they would have done that kind of, like, um... The island of Doctor No, not No, uh, um, Doctor yeah. Lao. Yeah. No, L- Lao. Seven faces of Doctor Lao. Oh yeah. That's well, there's the of. there's the Doctor, the island of Doctor Moreau, and the seven faces yeah. of Do- yeah Doctor Lao. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh That's really? Okay. Horribly racist movie. I need to see that. The special effects in that, uh, I feel like, I've would have made heard. that thing look like a fucking disaster. <laughs> Maybe that that should be our two hundredth episode. Um, but yeah, it's like something out of that, like that kind of design. That, yeah, it's where you look at it and you're like, ugh. <laughs> so, it is a little disappointing when you kind of get to see like, what the creature looks like later. Especially because yeah. it's all just animated that they didn't choose anything more interesting like that. Because it's really just kind of like a bull monster. Yeah. It looks like something from The Last Unicorn. But anyway, yeah. but yeah. But anyway, all we know right now is a giant foot. Yep. It, and and uh, also the, sh- the chef is there. He gets in trouble for being a big old sloppy drunk. But since he was with the robot when the murders happens, that clears the robot. So go, go, go out of get out of here. You're not in trouble. Yeah, it really okay. is. Like, well, I guess it makes sense that the captain has more shit on his mind than punishing this guy, for the, the 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 chef for getting drunk. But yeah. Also, that's a good so story. Is like when your alibi is, I'm sorry, I got drunk with a robot on a, on an alien planet. That's a pretty good story to have. I'm glad that I guy has. The, yeah. I'm sorry, I got drunk and offered to lube the robot up. So. Also, I think that the chef guy is the only cast member of this whole movie that's still alive these days. Yeah. Mm. So they bury the bits and bobs of the dude who was torn asunder. <laughs> the grave should have just been like pocket sized. They have like a six foot <laughs> grave, but like they really wanted to sell how badly this guy got torn up. Or it should have been like a series of pocket sized graves. Like, <laughs> they yeah. should have flushed a baggie down a toilet. <laughs> exactly. Just, yeah. Like burying so, a goldfish. <laughs> so uh, Morbius is there and he's like, I I warned you. I begged you to stay in space. Hey, you didn't really. You were kind of no, like, hey, don't. No, you just kind of nah, pretty quickly. Should, yeah, you guys should go away. Oh, okay, you can land, but I wash my hands of it all. Yeah, you're more like, more just like a surly asshole than like really giving and, a stern warning. And then he's like, the next attack will be even more deadly. More more deadly to getting ripped to shreds? Well, that's pretty deadly. Yeah. And then Adams is like, how do you know that? Adams, you fucking idiot. Just fucking... Oh. I do love Morbius and then gets in his fucking Robbie the Robot car and speeds away with his hot daughter. 
Yeah. yeah. Well, he d- before that he says that's he doesn't say that's what happened to my crew, you dingus. No, he says, he's just dropping. I the- seen the future though oh. in dreamies. Get, that's and, and that's the stuff that makes this movie really hard to watch for modern audiences. Just like, yeah. just if this guy had just told again, even before they landed, and told these guys what's going on. This, this, this yeah, no. It said this guy has to be a dick just because the plot dictates it, or just to have not radioed them because he was the one that or initiated something. it. Yeah, they could even made more of a meal out of like finding out like someone lived there and like discovering that guy rather than like immediately getting in touch with him on the radio would have been just yeah yeah build some tension in this movie for Christ's sakes like a vault remember so, this uh, is one of the greatest science fiction movies of all time compared to a bunch of old dying people yep <laughs> so um that night they practice shooting their big laser cannons that they have set up yeah Leslie and Nelson that'll... spends 20 fucking minutes explaining to the, to the fucking audience how these cannons work that they, if the mm-hmm. alien shows up, they could shoot it with these giant cartoon cannons. Yeah, mm-hmm. It is like shit out of Futurama, like these giant like square cannon things that people are sitting in. It's pretty, like mm-hmm. how did I? I get well. I guess they had Robbie the robot, so I guess it wouldn't be hard to build these things. I was gonna say if it was gonna, if it was supposed to take them so long to build like a transmitter to get in touch with Earth, it was gonna take so long. You think it would take take it even longer to build these giant like like a dozen giant super laser cannons? But no, no. So um. They shoot the puniest little lasers, too. It's cute. Yep, that'll stop that invisible creature. And then they turn him on auto to blast that some giant thing on a radar. It's the side of a house, but nothing's there. Until the fence starts zapping it. And then some asshole proclaims, It's invisible! Well, no shit, dickwad. (laughs) And now it's a cartoon monster outline saying, It's like something from Liquid Television, or like, yeah, it's, it's obviously just... Yeah, I saw someone point out that it's got a little bit of a goatee that suggests where it's, you know, what its origin actually mm. is, but, like, it... But, yeah, it's... it's. And it, two two guys shooting it with their pistols are like, hey, we should get within striking distance of it. For some reason, it. getting closer will make our lasers more effective, I guess. <laughs> and they get fucking slapped around and murdered by its cartoon claws. Hey, you know what? I think... Let's rob us of our one advantage of having a ranged weapon. <laughs> get mm-hmm. real close, and yeah. Is everybody in this crew just the dumbest? Does Earth send dumb people into space, tricking them into thinking they're on a mission? <laughs> like but this? it's it's just how Earth gets rid of them. Yeah, is this like a penal colony thing where, like, instead of the breast, Earth's best and brightest being sent into space, it's Earth's stupidest? Like, this is how they cleanse the gene pool? Yeah. So, and also on the ship is Tom Arnold. <laughs> Holy sure. Yeah, I would. Oh my god. Yeah, I would love a remake of this thing where it's just like it's it's the stupids, but in space. But yeah, <laughs> it's fucking Adam, Captain Adam Sandler. Who else was on that? That oh that god, it's everybody. The... It's fucking Carrot Top. No, no, it's no. Fucking... Oh, was Carrot Top on that one? No, which which thing? The the end of the Halloween special, The Simpsons, where Homer and Bart get on the reject descent to the sun with Tom Arnold and and I don't think I ever saw that. Everybody. One. No, I'm sure I don't even know if I, you know, if I've seen it, it's been long enough, I don't remember it now. Mm. I don't remember Tom Arnold. Yeah, I don't remember anything with Tom Arnold on <laughs> The Simpsons. He, he drinks, like, a can of, like, peaches or something. <laughs> Is this one, like, this is like a season 12 episode? I'm not sure. It's, oh, it's one God. of the, the, uh, Halloween ones. Yeah, but I've been anyway, slowly working my way through The Simpsons again. I'm up to season four, and yeah, I haven't seen anything like that. So the creepy dude decides his rifle, his... 
long distance oh, is rifle cripple? isn't working. I didn't realize that was distance. the creepy guy who also, yeah. uh, after he sees his buddies get killed by the thing, he thinks he's going to get... <laughs> yep. So he well, runs closer and like also that, gets so murdered. I'm going to do exactly the same yep. thing and run up on that monster. That's, that's some next level dumb. Yeah. And so the Morbius wakes up in his alien science room and the monster vanishes. His daughter's crying and running to him in her nightgown, short, see-through number. Yeah, I think that's one of the and, scenes where she bends over and she's trying real hard not to show some crack, but... <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I had a bad dream about monsters and blood and oh... And uh, back at the ship, Adams is like, mission accomplished. <laughs> but the doctor's like, you think it's dead? And he's like, fuck no, but I don't want these idiots to know that. Yeah. And so the doctor says some fake, stupid science bullshit about radiation or whatever on how the monster's invisible. What? Just, just the monster's Stop invisible. You don't, don't okay. need to explain it. Whatever. Yeah, this movie's already so far afield of actual anything anyone considers science. It's not like you need that much rational. So yeah. Adam and this, says also, again, for a 1950s audience, you think of anything at this point, you're risking confusing them more than actually explaining anything to them. Mm-hmm. Adam says they gotta get out there and out of off the planet and take Morbius and his daughter, even if they don't want to go. Mm-hmm. And then the ship might blow up when leaving, I guess. So something, gotta, a vague threat of something, something, because I guess so the, they've got that's what happened boost, to the Bella from They've got to go boost their brain power with the toddler toy, I guess. Yeah. And then they go... They go see Morbius before they do that and tells the crews that if the monster come block back to fly off and report back to Earth and the lights are off at Morbius's place and Robbie don't let nobody in. He makes it so their blasters don't work anymore. But then the daughter's like, fuck off, Robbie. Get out of here. Shit. So he walls away. <laughs> he really kind of does. Well, she does have like some kind of deactivation code. She's like, Atlantia yeah. 7, commence. And he just walks away, yeah. Yeah, great conflict, guys. Much needed. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. While, while Adams goes and Max on the go- daughter telling him they gotta go, the doctor runs off to the lab, and she's like, oh, I, I, I'm immune. And he's like, you can't be immune to that thing. Nobody can be. But whatever. I'm, I'm so not invested in this dumb story. I just want it to be over. There's still 15 minutes left. And again, uh, like, there's not actually, actually, there's 15 minutes left, but there's nothing that really happens. They just kind of mm-hmm. run into the science lab, monster attacks, yep. they figure out what's happening, the monster stops attacking, that's the end of the movie. But it's and 15 it's, minutes of, like, there's, like, three and, minutes of actual plot, but it's 15 minutes yep. of screen And time. Adam's just like, uh, Doc, suck, Doc, some sense to this damn Doc, Doc? And then Robbie's carrying his limp body back, and he's not feeling his best. So you know, I'm watching it now, couch. and I didn't realize, actually, the doctor's being suspended by a wire while he's being carried by Robbie. Because presumably, that, whoever's yeah. in that suit is not strong enough to wear the no. suit and carry a full-grown man. But Fuck yeah. no. So he says the krill or krill or crap or whatever, <laughs> they did it. They did it. They finished their mission. But they forgot one thing. Monsters, monsters from the id, and he dead. Yeah. So long, doc. So it's 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 hard to tell. So presumably, the doctor he snuck down into the basement, submitted himself to the monster to the brain enlarging machine, because well, even before he and Leslie Nielsen showed up, they were having an argument as to who was going to go first. Not because yeah. they both wanted, they were desperate to make themselves smarter, but because they because they knew it was a lethal thing. And so he decided to take that risk. He took, essentially took a bullet for Leslie Nielsen. He's got a little dot on his head. And, yeah, he's only... I guess he lives long enough to say this id. Which, Leslie Nielsen is like, id? What's the id? 
And uh, part of me wonders if he actually Hello? just doesn't understand the concept of the id, or if he just doesn't understand the connection between him talking about the id and the monster. And I like the idea that he would like be like so not like book smart. He would be like, "What the fuck's like planet id? You mean like the wizard of id? Like what's what's the connection here? <laughs> the wizard of id? <laughs> the horrible, horrible old comic God. that's new to that's us. That's still somehow being still in circulation in the year twenty three sixty seven. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. So. Uh, the, the the book about the caveman that has weird Christian overtones? Is that the Wizard of Ed? Or is that also like BC? There's color. Oh no, feels, I'm I'm getting yeah, I'm getting Wizard of It feels like there's a couple comics like that though, where it's like these old comics no, that I was no thinking one reads. Of BC. Even the people who read the Sunday funnies don't read these comics, and they all seem to have weird Christian overtones because they're mm-hmm. just drawn by weirdos who live in a shack in the middle of the middle of fucking uh, Missouri. But yeah. yeah. Uh. So, uh, Morbius comes in and, like, that fucking idiot, he's he's talking about the doctor, he's like, that fucking idiot, that stupid, (laughs) stupid moron, let him be buried with the other dummies and idiots. He literally bends over, (laughs) sticks his butt on his face and farts on him, he's like, this is what I think about this guy's (laughs) sacrifice. And then the daughter, the daughter's like, "Hey, dad, that was mean. I'm out of here, nerd." <laughs> yeah, she makes, makes this throw down gang sign. I'm out of here, nerd. <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, come on, girl, don't be like that. Stay here and wear those creepy dresses for daddy." <laughs> I love the idea that it's her real realization that her dad's a nerd that just mortifies her, and she's like, "Little, I'm your little girl, grown up nerd dad. I'm going to the mall." <laughs> Yeah. And Adam's like, hey, what it is? And he's like, <laughs> <laughs> that, would cr- that would actually be great to show how stupid he is if he's like, yeah, what it is. <laughs> but <laughs> Morbius is like, what? It's monsters from the subconscious. Of course. Sciences. So I guess the krill or krill or crap or whatever in Morbius forgot that all the power that they are can be used to make beasts. Sure, why not? Yeah. He, the, but Morbius doesn't want to admit it's him killing his id that could be killing everybody. But oh, Robbie says something's coming this way from the southwest. An invisible creature knocks over the fake ass trees. And they put yeah, up the, the prop big glass guys are like shields. hiding in the bushes, knocking over the trees. <laughs> and you're not seeing mm-hmm. it. It's just yeah. And I guess the daughter's not immune anymore because of her and Adam fucked. <laughs> Which is, or at least that's what Did the dialogue makes that? it sound yeah. like. Well, it the does dialogue's suggest, like, yeah. The dialogue's like, now that we are one body and soul and mind. Yeah, now that know. her fucking pussy gates have opened, it sounds like she's like mortally changed in a way mm-hmm. that like she can no, no longer reap the benefits of being on this planet with her father. You know? Yeah. And then it bursts, the id bursts in, and they run to the vault science Yeah, room. suddenly the steel protector around the building turns into, like, cardboard walls and just kind of mm-hmm. cracks and falls apart. It's pretty yep. cute. Lots of things are yelled about the plot that we already know, and, yeah. but the writers think the audience is too stupid to figure out on their own, which it was the 1950s, and the people were eating paint chips and lead, so... Yeah, it's yeah. ten minutes to explain that just because... Well, we didn't point, specifically point this out, but, like... Earlier, uh, Morbius, like in like uh, scenes before this, he had mentioned when he was essentially giving the guys the great tour of the Krell guts of the of the planet. He was talking about how the Krell eventually developed a technology that let them essentially uh, rearrange matter with their own minds. They could just create just by thinking. And yeah. this is this is what we find out here is that like also this means that, it, uh, that the Doctor being looped into their technology means that 
Uh, also, the worst subconscious parts of the human mind can also be given given shape by the Krell technology, and that's what's happening here. And yeah. the doctor can't control it, and also because the, uh, the, the, the monster is being fueled by the Krell technology, uh, the Krell technology has almost infinite resources of energy, so it can overcome any kind of defenses these guys throw up in its way. So they're trying to, like, they're running down into the Krell lab, they're shutting all the doors, but the monster's still trying to get in. Yeah. Yep. And um, it starts to melt through that door they shot earlier. Yeah, the invincible, indestructible door. Mm-hmm. And it bursts into the science room. And uh, uh, so, oh, hold on a second. So That's first, what happened, yeah. first, Morbius finally admits he's behind the monster with all the acting the 1950s can muster. It is isn't in a way that and he then, really didn't understand, though, because it, cause it is fucking Leslie Nielsen being all like, you don't understand, you don't understand. Like it's yeah he to the Morbius's credit he never put two and two together until this moment yeah but then he's like and oh shit it it bursts in and he says stop I deny you I give you up and and uh, bleh and then and now it's gone <laughs> and now it's gone and now he's dying for no reason and then he's like hey Adams push push that button and he's like okay and now throw that switch and he's like okay and he's like now get the fuck out of here because in twenty four <laughs> hours. You gotta be a hundred million miles away in space, cause it's gonna blow up like crazy, whoa. Yeah. He's like, you asshole. He kind of warned us before I hit all these buttons. I, 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 what are you doing? You know, we kind of reaped all the technology from the Krell technology without like putting our brains into the machine and starting this whole cycle again, right? Like, there's a, mm -hmm. we could have had our cake and eaten it too, but you fucked it up. You fucking idiot. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, so they, they, then it just smash cuts to them on the shape. Yeah, no, it's just that's his, just the end of the crew, movie now. They they took Robbie with them. The whole crew standing around him, smiling like <laughs> robot. And then they put him in an apron and a bra and a dress, and they're laughing. He's, <laughs> he, he's a robot made <laughs> like Rosie from the Jetsons. <laughs> Except I'm even more turned on by her by him than I am by Rosie. <laughs> yep. Yeah. So Adams is like, hey, come over here. Come over here, daughter. <laughs> hey, guess what? I got a surprise for you. Want to see your dad explode? <laughs> <laughs> want to see the only home you've ever known blow up? It's going to be here, wicked look, cool. Watch, I got, I'm going to get watch. it on tape. Hold on. I want to tape and, this. And it explodes, and he makes her watch because he's an asshole. <laughs> also, and then, I'm watching it now. It's funny because you can see, actually, that the people in the scenes freeze. While mm. the, I guess maybe the shot wasn't long enough, so they actually, actually as soon as the special effect of Altair 4 blowing up starts like like the rest of the like the live action part of the footage of the people watching just suddenly freezes but yeah and then the, the <laughs> Leslie Nielsen says your father's name will shine again like a beacon in the galaxy it's true it will remind us that we are after all not God and then it ends because it's and the 1950s it... and you can't have a movie end without just like does it does anybody have any tissues for that wet shit of an end? Yeah. I gotta clean it out. It's I mean, legally, I think you legally could not get, like, funding for a film where <laughs> science was involved in any way that had to end with, like, oh, by the way, aren't scientists stupid? Why even try to mess with that stuff? Because that's God's domain. Any, any knowledge or betterment of mankind, well, that's dumb. Cut to smash cut to, yeah, uh, fucking end credit. Stupid. That was forbidden. 1950s are dumb. <laughs> well, this isn't even a review of the movie as much as just us, us critiquing the 1950s in general. Fuck yeah. the 1950s. 
the hell oh was wrong my with everybody? god yeah there's not much trivia about this movie other than well also the basic plot is kind of a riff on the tempest have you ever read the tempest no Sha- that's a shakespeare story about this old wizard i always thought he was a wizard but looking up about it i guess he was just an italian nobleman who gets mm. cast off to this island with his daughter and he enslaves a couple spirits uh, and uh, by the end of the, the story, he decides that he does no, no longer wants to keep his daughter enslaved, and so he, he drowns his books and breaks his staff. And It's not totally like the story, but it's enough you can kind of see that. And, yeah, the stuff about Robbie the Robot being one of the most expensive movie props in history. And it was he was so expensive to construct, MGM uh, was more than happy to try and recuperate some of the costs from building, and, uh, building him by lending him out to every movie and TV show imaginable, which is how he ends up like in so many other things after this. Yeah. How it kind of wound up becoming cinema's kind of default robot. And, yeah, all the other rest of the trivia is this made in the 1950s, so it's sexually politically fucked up. But, mm-hmm. yeah! I should have known something yeah. was coming when the opening credits, like, the, uh, the, the, the dresses for the lady gets its own credit. Where it's like, men's costumes by so-and-so. <laughs> dresses well, that... for Anne Francis by Susan Sontag. Yeah. It also says... The woman. Ew. <laughs> the woman. God, so yeah, that's Forbidden Planet. I... I... I'm yeah. glad it influenced people to make better stuff. That's true. It's, it's a, It was a jumping off point for other people. And it is interesting to see what is really, in terms of the material, is just a B-movie, but kind of given an A-movie pro- production budget and everything like that. Even though the story is just fucking threadbare. And there's just so much time killing in this movie, so much padding, and even aside from all the bits where they're having to over-explain everything because all these concepts were relatively new to a 1950s audience, just like, yeah, the pacing is kind of off, but I still think I thought it was pretty good. We both watched kind of like an HD copy of it, and it's, you know, the colors were nice, and actually just by the virtue of the fact that this movie's in color kind of was something in its benefit. Um, Yeah, I mean, the special effects are are ridiculous for the time. Yeah, Robert the Robot was cool. And Francis He's is so pretty. Cool. I guess Frank Drebin got a paycheck. And that's yeah. that's Forbidden Planet. There's not much more to say about it other than... And the soundtrack. Yeah. I really did like the soundtrack. Just pew, boop, boop, boop. You know what's weird? This makes this doesn't make a lot of sense, but actually that kind of reminds me of... I don't know if you remember the opening credits to Alien, of all things. Mm. It's not electronica, but it's, it's lots of howling, atonal sounds. It's not even music. And I kind of almost wonder if that was almost like a... Well, I mean, that is also about a, a crew of space people end up li- li- landing on a forbidden planet, and they end up paying the price for it. Um, it's forbidden! Yeah, but... Yeah, that's forbidden planet. It's out of... It's, it was one of the big things on my list, and it's out of the way, so I'm glad to finally watch it and talk about it and never, never have to see it again. So what Yay. are you doing next time? What am I doing next time? Any ideas? I think, yeah, I had an idea. But it's you oh. We should just it's do... One line- it's one. Is it one ninety nine next, or is we got one more? No, uh, this is one ninety seven. Okay. So you and um, I both have uh, a choice of piece before the, uh, me, episode two hundred. After which we just start talking about the Goonies and Gremlins and yeah. You want to talk about the Muppet movie, right? Because I've seen the Muppet <laughs> movie twice in twenty four hours. Oh, have you? Yeah, I didn't That's realize a good movie. that yesterday was the Muppet movie's fortieth anniversary, and I had not seen Ooh. it in like thirty years. Mm. And I and it was on I got, sale on iTunes, and I picked it up. And man, that shit's fucking good. Yeah, I got to see it on the big screen at one of Court and Bobby's oh, really? midnight movies. Oh, yep. that would have been fun to see. Yeah, it was. Oh man, 
Yeah, it's, yeah. it's funny because I don't think I had seen it since I now understand most of the cameos. I was like, oh, it's Madeline Kahn, and it's Telly Savalas, it's Mel Brooks. Mm. It's mm-hmm. Look at Richard Pryor shows up in that thing. Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a good movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, I thought you were just drawing up. Yeah, just bring up a list. Of no, I, ju- I, I did check to see the movie I kind of had in mind, but it's two hours and 15 minutes, and next week's uh, weekend's a busy weekend for me. So I don't oh, really? That. Okay. Yeah, let me bring up one of my other lists. What was it? Shit that I, um, I want to do Speed Racer at some point. Oh, that's two hours and 15 minutes long? Yeah. Yeah, and that's also... Um, I mean, I saw that in theaters, and I thought it was okay, but... Yeah. I know a lot of people jizz over it. It's, it is visually it's... inventive, but... Mm. Yeah, I... If, hmm, if it was a normal week and you were on the fence about it, I'd say, okay, but, like, I don't think you're going to like enough to justify squeezing in a two-hour, 15-minute movie on a weekend where you're already be kind of yeah. busy, you know? Um, yeah, because I got I to gotta go into work on Sunday this next week, so... Oh, shit, really? That sucks. Okay. Yeah, we'll figure out timing stuff next week, too, because... Yeah. Um, oh, man, they're playing Super Mario Brothers 2 on SJDQ right now. The things I sacrificed for this podcast. Oh, my gosh. we uh, got to finish this then and get out of here. We're going to talk about RoboCop so- 3? Oh, heavens, no. I'm bringing up my list. Streets of oh. Fire... Nah, we'll figure it out. I the Devil Wears we'll Prada. Something, something fun. So he's, mud- he's muttering on Twitter. I'm the Grumpy Turtle on Twitter. Target Podcast on Twitter. I hope you enjoyed your, the week off that we gave you that we weren't forcibly crammed into your ear holes. Yeah. How was your Father's Day, by the way? It was pretty good. I got a lot of shit done and without babies. Truly the best gift to yourself. Attacking my leg, yeah. Yeah. That, that I cleaned, was nice. I, I, I organized the wires that were all just <laughs> cattywampus all over the place behind my desk. And he had to squeeze in a lot of uh, b- uh, bloodstain time too. So. Yeah. As, well, I guess that well, was on fa- like that was during the week, but not during Father's Day itself. But yeah, I like that I'm old enough. I could ask friends like, "What'd you do for Father's Day?" And you being the father, not like, hey, "What'd you do for your father?" But yeah. So that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm glad we're flexible. Enough with the podcast that we can take them. I'm sorry. Go ahead. You're you're trying to get no, us you're... out so we can do the intro. Okay. Shop it's fine. It's, it's next time it'll be something. This time it was that fucking science. It'll be short. Movie. Watch. We're gonna and... do like we're gonna we're gonna talk about a 15 minute YouTube compilation of like commercials <laughs> or something like that. Nice. I mean, you yes. could you could find a half hour TV episode or something to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll figure so, out stuff. Um, yep. And just remember, keep those holds of pop culture and remember, Bill. Mm-hmm. We are not gods, so... <laughs> this is how we kiss. Abrupt ending. Pew! Mm-hmm. We, are, we are both men, not gods, so... Uh, God, fucking... Stop trying to make those animal hybrids. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I've been trying. I've been trying to have sex with cats, and it's not... They keep on too slow. They're too fast. Mm-hmm. I just want a baby... I just want a... I, the cutest... The cutest critter I can imagine is, is half baby, half kitten. I'm trying mm. to make it happen. It's oh, no, not working out. Is. Oh, uh, you yeah. know what? I bet there's somebody on Etsy that makes that shit. Oh, like 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 a like a plush baby oh, like kitten or silicone creepy things. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, so. no, I don't want to think about that. There's probably <laughs> Enjoy that in Google like, search. Oh, anyway, yeah. okay. Anyway, now we're out of here. See you all next time. So long, everybody. Adios, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> so 
I'm tired of this fucking 1950s fucking puritanical <laughs> shit. I just, want, I just want to fucking flash my man tits at this movie and say, grow the fuck up. <laughs> okay, the end. go and let's see okay go ahead one two three four going to talk about some old stuff with bill one yeah. two three so we've only got a project of peace until we do 200 yeah that's shit crazy okay so that gives us two weeks to figure out exactly if we want to do anything special for 200 or if we just kind of do another recollection episode or yeah um, mm -hmm. And then especially if we're going to change the formula a little bit after uh, 200, then we have to start thinking about, like, if we want to, like, the, our first projects right after 200, do we want them to be, like, like kind of, like, formula breaking or... Yeah. Oh, Not man, it's all so confusing. It's all confusing! Like, yeah, I don't know, I'll have to figure out stuff. It should be cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, you doing okay? We are cool guys. Yeah, I'm doing okay. Should we get the show on the rest so we can take Ow. advantage of Baby being unconscious? Yes, I suppose so. Okay. Let me just kill this archer real quick. Okay. You have to kill the what? The archer real quick. Oh, you've been watching Archer? No, kill the archer from Bloodstained. Oh, to kill the who? The archer? Yeah, one of the archer guys. Oh, I thought it was like an archer boss, maybe. I was like, oh man, no, those archers are bow and arrow. Enough of a dick. I just killed. I'm assuming you've gotten this far, because it sounds like you've been playing even more than me. I just killed the lady who's taking a bath in a, in a bathtub of blood. Yeah, I think I'm like one boss ahead of her. Oh, really? Damn, okay. Yeah. Well, I've been grinding a lot. I had to grind just to kill her. That mm. It was funny, because that was the first boss I had to actually grind on. The couple bosses before that, I managed to find, like... Yeah, she's... I, I managed to cheese those fights. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. there was one boss in a room where there's like a pillar or something like that and she the boss couldn't get to me from behind the pillar so i just sat there and just stabbed him until i died nice i don't know if i, yeah, I the, just found a mistake or if that's the way it's designed if, to be like that or if you can grind up nine of the uh uh soul stones or whatever the fuck they're called of the uh suit of armor with the like chainsaw like type sword yeah that thing is op as fuck it makes real quick work of enemies. That's the other thing. I have not really been taking advantage of all the crafting and all the... the, the, the... I've upgraded uh, some shards and stuff, but mm -hmm. like, I haven't really sat down. Like, I haven't looked any up any guides online or anything like that. Even with the combat, I'm not taking advantage of the fact that you have to step back or the slide or anything like that. Or like any of the uh, special Street Fighter movies you can do with all the special weapons and stuff like that. Like, I've just been playing it just like a base-ass Castlevania game, so... Yeah. But. No, I haven't been. Ouch! <laughs> I haven't been doing a ton of special moves either. Yeah. That's cool. I'm glad all that stuff's in there. Actually, I've been more focusing on trying to feed the old lady stupid food. <laughs> <laughs> stupid. I just lady. figured out how to make corn chowder, and that's kind of the big thing I was worried about. So. Yeah. That's a pretty good game. I want some mac and cheese, old lady, damn it. <laughs> My favorite part is the reaction from your character is just like, you could have saved some for me. <laughs> I would have shared that with you, old lady. <laughs> this big fucking casserole of corn chowder. 
Yeah. Fuck no, keep that. Oh, corn chowder. Ugh. I like cream corn, but <laughs> come on. Anyway, should we, come on. We should just anyway. make this the Bloodstained podcast. Mm. <sighs> okay. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>